We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What up, my people? KJ coming to you live a day after the 49ers have just made the Super Bowl. I can't believe this sentence is coming out of my mouth right now. San Francisco turns it around the last few seasons. This rebuild just hit the accelerator button and just never stopped. What Raheem Mostert did to the Packers, that's what the 49ers essentially did. They climbed the NFL at a super fast pace, 90 miles an hour this season. Nobody could keep up. They boat raced the Packers. They were up 27-0 at halftime. Absolute dismantling. Um, And if they win the Super Bowl, they're going to go down as one of the better... NFC teams ever looking back at the 92 Redskins some of those Cowboys teams of the 90s this for Kyle Shanahan's legacy for the 49ers to win their sixth Super Bowl you're talking legacy changing historic implications here coming up against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl so fun can't wait to break this down day after yeah I partied I partied in San Francisco last night and the podcast is coming to you a day late that's what the 49ers did they brought the city closer together random people now care about the team when they didn't before even transplants who've moved here are now 49ers fans Kyle Shanahan started this whole thing um, and it was just amazing the game plan against the Packers 37-20 final score (laughs) and Jimmy G through less than 10 times Kyle Shanahan knows Mike Pettin's defense better than anyone they went 
against each other in practice daily in 2014, Mike Pettin's defenses can't set the edge. And Raheem Mostert really exposed the Green Bay Packers. Of course, the 49ers did it physically too. This football team, what they did to the Packers is what I've been saying the whole time. What they did to the Panthers, the Browns, it was that physical of a game. There's certain matchups San Francisco is going to win every week up front on O-line and D-line, and that's what they do to the Packers. And they impose their will. Debo Samuel had a couple big plays early. Jimmy G just not necessary. That's going to impact his narrative, and we'll talk about that in the Striking Gold podcast today. But the 49ers are in the Super Bowl. You can there's there's no negativity. I mean, Tevin Coleman got injured. You hate to see that, but this is all big stuff. You start with Kyle. I think you really do. We're gonna break down every impact of the game, but Kyle Shanahan right now is there a passing of the torch gonna to happen with Bill Belichick? You know, the Patriots have been the dynasty for the last ten years. Is there a chance the Forty ers can become a dynasty? I think there's there's a small chance and a growing chance as Kyle Shanahan continues to show it's 2019 and he came out with a game plan the last two weeks running the football 89 times, completely flipping the narrative upside down on its head that he'll win any way possible. And if his football team is going to run the ball down people's throats and control the line of scrimmage, they'll win that way. What Kyle has done with the blocking schemes and how he'll he'll run into a bad look and not have Jimmy G audible out of that look because it's going to set up a play action fake later. Uh, I think one of the Packers players, Savage, was saying it. he felt like he was seeing ghosts out there. There were so many players in motion and Debo Samuel making big plays early. And now people have to keep an eye on him. So Mostert's hitting the accelerator button. Just an all-time performance from Mostert. I think it's like one of the most memorable rushing performances of the last 20 years. And any NFL fan who didn't know Raheem Mostert now will remember him for a long time. And this does change the narrative with him heading into next season. Emmanuel Mosley, the guys who dominate in the playoffs, almost become automatic starters headed into next season. Like, how are you going to say Raheem Mostert isn't your number one running back headed into the Super Bowl? Then they win this game. He rushes for 150. My goodness. Running backs... I love Moser. Could he do this for 10 years in a row? No way. I mean, that you know, they're riding a hot streak with him now. That's what I've loved about Kyle Shanahan all along. He did this with Alfred Morris in 2012. He'll find any player, if they're hot and in the system, and they're not fumbling like Matt Breida, they're going to get the opportunity. I think Matt Breida could have probably ran for 160 or even 200 or even the, the full 220. The O-line had it blocked that perfectly. The game plan was designed to just make the Packers try and stop them. The perfect example was third and eight, the trap play, the 36-yard touchdown, Raheem Mostert's first touchdown. Third and eight, how big balled are you, Kyle Shanahan, to call that in the NFC Championship game? That play gets stuffed. You're looking like, oh, that's a bad decision. You're kicking a field goal. There's you know some loss in the perceived momentum. That didn't happen. It ended up being a huge touchdown. Yeah, the 49ers are sitting in a really good position right now. If you look at the rest of the NFC and the landscape of what's happening and Jimmy G aside, but right now Kyle Shanahan to me is the hottest commodity in the NFC and we'll have to see. We will talk about the Super Bowl hangover because the Rams had it this year. The Falcons have had it before. The Panthers have had it before. The 49ers even, you could say, was that was the beginning of the end when they lost the Ravens with Jim Harbaugh. That was about as high as they could climb. 
So you don't want to pencil this in as automatic, but it, it's feeling that way with Kyle. And even Sean McVay's running his system. Like this is working when players can execute it and you have a good defense. This system is proving to get to the mountaintop in the NFC. Now, can they beat the Kansas City Chiefs? We'll have a lot of time to talk about that. But I think coming out hot, striking gold podcast, Kyle Shanahan's legacy right now, 49ers legacy, that's the number one story coming out of this. Everything is being impacted positively and heading into this next decade as Bill Belichick slips his way out, as Mike Tomlin's going to have to rebuild in Pittsburgh. Who are the powerhouses in the NFL? Tom Brady's on his way out the door. Minnesota, Aaron Rodgers is not the greatest of all time. If anyone calls him that, Green Bay came out with the exact wrong game plan. They should have been throwing deep every play. What they did to Richard Sherman late in the game, they really should have been throwing bombs as often as possible. They came out and tried to do horizontal passing. They came out and had a little bit of early success the first drive and a little bit at the end of the, the second half. Jimmy Graham had a nice touchdown. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, dude's been to one Super Bowl and they kind of overachieved this year. But maybe even I was hyping him up last week. Like, I, I gave Green Bay a chance to even win this game because I thought he could pull off something magical. And his appeal as just this all-timer, top-five quarterback of all time, feels like it's slipping away. Maybe I'm the only one, but he hasn't been able to come in in NFC Championship games and win. I think he's now 1-3 in, in NFC Championship games. Listen, his team's not there yet, though. The 49ers roster is just better. But he did not put them in a position to win. And maybe Matt LaFleur with the game plan because you had Bosa sacks, Buckner sacks, Buckner forced fumbles. You had an Emmanuel Mosley interception early on. How locked down is that side with Emmanuel Mosley? Literally since the moment he came into the Minnesota game, this team has looked phenomenal. They really haven't had too many lapses. Jimmy Ward got beat deep, I said, by Jimmy Graham. Overall, defense looked very solid. Dre Greenlaw flying around. How good is this kid and Fred Warner and Quan Alexander? I don't know what offseason move. You could put Odell Beckham onto the Seattle Seahawks. You could do some crazy things. And I would say the 49ers are still going to be the favorite headed into next season. And there's going to be immense pressure and expectations. You could be having week one at Levi Stadium after the 49ers have just won the Super Bowl with them expecting to win next year too. This is about to feel like the Warriors in town. The expectation levels, and people are going to start to hate the Niners nationally. There's going to be a lot of media praise for Kyle Shanahan and then a lot of fan negativity and jealousy of what the 49ers are building. Let's go to Jimmy G because his legacy will get impacted just the sheer number of the stats. He threw eight times. They were impactful throws. It almost felt like Kyle should have shared the love a little bit, at least when it's 20 nothing. like maybe giving Jimmy Garoppolo a touchdown. It's like Kyle was so crazy. He's like, run, run. We're going to run, run, run. And it's not just Kyle, too. It's Mike McDaniel putting together the game plan. I think they've got to hold on to him. Someone is going to be so dumb if they don't get Mike McDaniel on their staff. And it has to be an offensive coordinator position where he was calling the plays because that would be a step up for him. He couldn't go be a passing game or run game coordinator anywhere. He can coach anything. He can coach receivers is what he, he did in Cleveland. He could coach quarterbacks at this point. He helped Kyle make his first game plan in Houston. He is an immense asset to Kyle. And I he's 100% going to be a head coach one day. A lot of people think he's a better coach than Matt LaFleur in the circles that um, all these coaches run in. Mike McDaniel, Andrew Hawkins will tell you one of the smartest people he's ever coached been coached by. Um Good stuff here, striking gold. 
kind of bebopping into the game and, and what's been happening legacy wise. Um, I'd say Raheem Mostert right now is obviously the story. And next season, do they keep Emmanuel Mosley? Dante Pettis is probably going to get cut to save some salary cap money. Jarek McKinnon's probably out. Is Matt Breida out? Could they trade him for a fifth-round pick? Would they do that? Offense is going to see a little bit of change next year. Shout-out to Lakin Tomlinson. Someone said he was getting really emotional afterwards, which is awesome. He was going to be a bust. And Mike Person, Kyle has found some key resources here. The Weston Richburg injury, who would have thought that this offense could have got this far with this O-line? I was a little worried about the O-line headed into the playoffs. They've been the strength. They've been the strength of the offense. McGlinchey has been an absolute force. I mean, Joe Staley, I think he's playing probably at his best level he has all season, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, I think the offense will see a little bit of change next year. They're they're going to have to add a receiver. They're going to have Trent Taylor and Jalen Hurd coming back next season. Will those guys even make an impact? Receiver's been kind of a weird position. Then Emmanuel Sanders is a free agent. And he's played damn well. Debo's come on really strong. He's obviously going to be one of your top options. Those end arounds with him, he, Kyle's got the defense so confused. And Debo Samuel has been a huge reason why. I feel like he's coming end around on almost every run play. And sometimes he's getting them and you almost have to pay attention because he, he'll, he's had like a 35-yarder in so many of the weeks. Shout out to all the sirens outside right now. I saw so much 49ers gear today on the streets. Even it was a holiday, a lot of tourists in town, but um, great to see that SF everywhere. Shout out to Jed York. He willed this into existence. I did not think Kyle Shanahan would take this job. I did not think that he would come to San Francisco. I remember tweeting it right away that he's worked with Dan Snyder before and just seeing how toxic Jed was. Jed backed away and Kawakami noted he kind of backed away on the stage last night too. This is Kyle's moment, Kyle's team. Kyle's 40 now, Jed's 39. Listen, Andy Reid's 61. He hasn't been to a Super Bowl in a long time. Kyle's gone to the playoffs with the Falcons and now the 49ers and torn shit alive. He's like tearing up card paper when other people are just running from him. He's like a maniac in the best way possible. And they're keeping Robert Sala. It feels like the 49ers are, even if they lose to the Chiefs somehow, they're in a position where the Super Bowl hangover could, they could combat it. They could channel it and say, come on, we, we won the NFC in a year where most people had us at 8 and 8 or 9 and 7. We came up short in the Super Bowl. It's going to be immensely disappointing, but I think that they're in a position to overcome it because Kyle's at the helm. That's the bottom line. Kyle's at the helm. How can you not feel good about this team? Trust the Shannon plan. If you don't have your shirt now, bluewirepods.com. Let's take a quick break, then let's go through the actual game play-by-play. It's the NFC Championship game. We have to kind of recap how incredible it was to boat race up 27-0. All right, we're going to come back and wrap on the game. Actually, what happened, and I mean, it's the NFC Championship game. There's so much. These are fun mental pictures to create on the podcast, and going up 27-0, they boat raced them. Absolutely incredible. We're going to recap that, talk a couple other storylines that I think will be major over the course of the next two weeks as the 49ers get ready to head to Miami, Super Bowl 54. No freaking joke. This is happening year three in Kyle Shanahan's rebuild. We've got Eric Crocker and Rob Lauder also on this feed. Make sure you check out those guys. 
They'll be recording some Super Bowl specials. I will be in Miami Wednesday through Saturday. We're doing an event at the Mondrian Hotel Thursday morning in Miami with the Players Impact. Marcus Colston's going to be there. Blue Wire's going to have our podcasting thing set up. So definitely hit me up if you're going to be in Miami. I will be going out at night 100%. Uh, fun times. So... 49ers headed to Super Bowl 54. Kyle Shanahan, you can argue, and Andy Reid, the two top offensive minds. Tyree Kill, one of the most explosive players in the league. Raheem Mostert, one of the most explosive players in the league. I'm ready to say that. This matchup's going to be very fun. Travis Kelsey versus George Kittle. A lot of similarities between these two teams. Frank Clark, they got the D4 trade. And Jimmy G tore his ACL against the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember that. To come full circle the next season... And meet this team in the Super Bowl. Man, Pat Mahomes is really freaking good. And he's mobile. Even though he doesn't look fully healthy. And doesn't look as athletic. Like It looks like he dislocated his kneecap earlier this year. He is not 100% healthy. He had a 30-yard scramble that was amazing yesterday for a touchdown. But um, we're going to get all into that matchup. I don't want to preview it too much. I do want to review what happened in yesterday's game. Because... Remember the first drive? The 49ers went three and out. Tevin Coleman got stuffed. There was a little bit of nerves. I was watching the game on Polk Street in San Francisco. Bosa jerseys, Kittle jerseys. Everyone was having fun. That first three and out, not feeling good. And then everything put at ease. Debo makes a couple big plays. One like on a screen pass. One he runs over, savage, in the middle of the field. Um, and then, yeah, we've been alluding to it. Third and eight trap play. Mike Person gets out in space. Raheem Mostert blasts around the left side, up the sideline and into the end zone. I believe he's like surfing as a celebration, swimming a little bit. <laughs> Whole team got into the celebrations, but the first of four touchdowns from Raheem Mostert come early. Uh, yeah, and then the second touchdown comes on the very next drive. You get, oh no, no, excuse me. I'm, I'm looking ahead to the second quarter. So, defense, Bosa, Buckner get a third and seven sack. Richie James takes a 26 yard punt return. Uh, you know, 40 yards are driving. End of the first quarter, Jimmy G does take a sack. And so, it was a critical play here. You were going to have, I thought, four down territory. We was going to commercial. We were talking about it at the bar I was at. I was like, I think this is four down territory. I think you throw it here. Instead, they do a 54-yard field goal, get on the board. Robbie Gold makes the longest field goal in uh, Niners franchise history in the postseason. Shout out to him. I mean, that was good to know that he can hit a 54-yarder headed into the Super Bowl. You're feeling comfortable if that situation comes up. And, um, yeah, good good stuff. Next drive out for the Packers, Emmanuel Mosley makes a huge stop. I think it was on a screen pass. He's so physical as a tackler in space. He's really freaking good. How did he go undrafted? Like, it feels like he's the second-round pick. It feels like he's a really good prospect. Uh, third down, Kwan Williams on the strip sack. Kwan's a really good nickel blitzer. They hit the right button there. Packers do recover. Um, but, yeah, 49ers get it in good field position. Mostert has a 15-yard blast. And then his second touchdown with Debo out in front. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's 17 nothing. Packers finally start showing their first signs of life. It's like five minutes left in the second quarter. They get past midfield. Um, they're like on the 30-yard line. They're in field goal range. And then they they bobble the snap and DeForest Buckner recovers. There was one thing that was going to happen if the Packers were going to win. They were going to have to play flawless. No turnovers. They were going to have to have the 49ers have a little bit of an off game and have some turnovers. And that just did not happen. 
that kind of sealed it, to be honest. The Packers, like, they get on the board there at 17-7 at halftime. This game feels totally different. Instead, it spirals out of control. Raheem Morris still goes for 40 yards, then 20, um, then it's third and eight. And the 49ers do stall out after that turnover. They, they only get a field goal there. They go up 20 nothing. But then the very next drive, interception, Emmanuel Mosley. <laughs> Unfreaking believable that this guy has stepped in. Really nice play in zone coverage, too. He slid over from the sideline to like five yards. Aaron Rodgers looked like he never saw it, obviously. And from there, you can guess what happened. 18-yard, Mostert touchdown up the middle, three touchdowns in the first half. Um, yeah, it's it's 27 nothing at halftime. I, I, it was the most dominant performance of the season in the first half there with no George Kittle, no big plays from the passing game. Think about that. The 49ers were able to run the football like you were playing your three-year-old daughter in Madden. The Packers had no answer at all. It was 8 yards a carry, 10 yards a carry, 20 yards a carry. Raheem Mostert didn't get touched until like at least 4 yards. It felt like every time. One of the best all-time rushing performances you'll see. I don't think they'll be able to replicate it against the Chiefs, but every week I say this, I don't think they'll be able to replicate it, and they end up replicating it. Um, your second half was kind of a little boring, but you you want that. You want that. And it's interesting, like the 49ers have had an anticlimactic playoffs here after some crazy games against the Saints and the Ravens playing with our hearts a little bit. They crushed the Vikings and the Packers and both don't look like they're going to be threats in the, in the near future unless one of them gets Odell Beckham, unless one of them drafts a rookie that's insanely good. If there's some major roster change on either team, then you say, okay, well, now they're a legit player. But right now, as the rosters stand, the 49ers could could and have dicked around the Vikings and Packers. Probably could have used a better choice of words there, but it's true. Second half, yeah, shout out to the Packers. They get a touchdown. Aaron Jones it gets in on a screen pass. Devontae Adams had a big play to set him up. Debo in the third quarter had a monster couple of end arounds. One went for 35 yards, and then Mostert had a 22-yard touchdown down the left side. 34-7 headed into the fourth quarter. Shout out to the Packers who made it a game. They scored two touchdowns from there. Jimmy Graham and Sternberger. I mean, that Hail Mary to Dante Adams, you you really got to believe that Matt LaFleur should be kicking himself. They should have been launching bombs way earlier than that. Aaron Rodgers is one of the better deep ball touch passers and nothing else was working on offense. And Rodgers really didn't have time to throw probably those deep bombs all the time. But they should have been going deeper down the field, and that was a flaw from Matt LaFleur. And he lost a chess match against Robert Sala, his, the best man in his wedding. Cool story there. Yeah, I mean, and then it just kind of... George Kittle's first catch didn't come till eight minutes left. 49ers don't throw the ball only eight times, and then... Yeah, I mean, the clock just kind of ticks out. The 49ers drove down the field once more. They got up 37-20. Armstead had a sack late. And then Richard Sherman had the last interception. The 49ers defended the Hail Mary attempt better that time. He kind of laid out on his back, looked like he was getting emotional there. So cool that really a lot of people counted him out. They thought his career was over after the Achilles. He came here. He trusted Kyle. He trusted Jimmy G. The program is now fully turned around. He bet with the right horse. He could have stayed in Seattle for a lot less money. 
he could have went to Houston Texans. I think the Detroit Lions, I mean, winning to him mattered. And he picked a program that was down that he bet was going to turn around that they really freaking turned it around. He's a huge part of that. I still think corner is a little bit on the offseason list, just given that you want to develop people. You want to develop people in case Richard doesn't play all 16 games next year. Of course, you have Witherspoon, but I'd like to see a, uh, another fourth quarter. You want more competition with DJ Reed. K1's obviously a great nickel. Um, this is a passing unit that gave up, what, like 150 yards passing per game, the best in the last 10 years, one of the best numbers in the last 20 years. And what Kyle did offensively running the football, these are stats like the Miami Dolphins put up under Don Shula. This is crazy rushing stats that stat comparisons go to the 1970s. 49ers putting together an all-time historic season. You saw it on the field with the Packers and all the plays I just listed out. These are plays that happened all season. Bosa and Buckner and forced fumbles and Raheem Mostert, big touchdowns. Good God, Raheem Mostert. He might hold out, get a better contract. I don't think he actually will, but unbelievable performance. Can't wait to play Kansas City, what that's going to be all about. Pat Mahomes. And some people were talking about it on Twitter. Do the 49ers wish they had Pat Mahomes? They could have drafted him in 2017 over Solomon Thomas. Everything looks different. I hate to play the what-if game, but it's just kind of funny that Kyle did not want to draft Patrick Mahomes. There was not enough tape on him as a college player running play action, throwing to windows, making the anticipation touch throws. He did stuff like this in college, what he's doing now. And he's translated to the NFL, which is amazing. And to me, why Kyle's the better play caller than Andy Reid is because of Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the ultimate bailout button and can make something happen out of nothing and almost likes when the play breaks down. Andy Reid has things schemed up. Andy Reid has more weapons and a better quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. You're a fanboy if you think Jimmy G is better than Patrick Mahomes. What he just did against the Titans... And what he's been doing the last two years, he's been the best quarterback over the last two years. And Kyle did not draft this guy. That's what's crazy about college tape and quarterback evaluations. The Bears didn't draft this guy. They drafted Mitch Trubisky over him. Deshaun Watson has been better than the first two picks. Sally T got run yesterday, too. I mean, it's great to see everyone contributing. Akilah Witherspoon had a nice play on special teams. I mean, I'm not going to trash him anymore. This is a team effort. You're trying to win a championship here. You got young players all over the field you're trying to fit. And it's crazy. This team has tremendous upside for the future. Super Bowl 54, Miami, Florida. By the way, the Simpsons predicted a Super Bowl win for the 49ers in Miami in one of their episodes. Just saw it on Twitter. Yeah, you got Frank Gore, who's going to be down there. We're going to do an interview with him. So look, be on the lookout for that. Dante Whitner is very close to joining Blue Wire. We'll be launching his podcast soon. Keep an eye out for that. At the Super Bowl, um, Joe Montana tweeting a lot today too. These are his two former teams. I would expect to see him down in Miami. I would expect to see all 49ers legends, just like this is 2012. So this is now the 49ers' seventh Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, just looking back at the 49ers' Super Bowl history. So they won their first one, the '81 season against the Bengals. They had the catch that year. They rode some momentum. 82, the strikes shortened season kind of messed with them a little bit. 84, they're back in the Super Bowl again, beating the Miami Dolphins 38-16. It was a domination. 
Dan Marino was the hotshot rookie that year. He was the NFL MVP and the rookie of the year, but they, they completely shut him down. Jerry Rice arrives, and then the 49ers win three more Super Bowls with him on the roster in 88, 89, and 94 with Steve Young. So Joe Montana goes for four. Steve Young gets one. You know, one thing real quick about Jimmy Garoppolo, at least he's not going to have to go through the Steve Young thing where you know Steve really lost to the Cowboys a lot in the NFC Championship game there in the 90s, and George Seifert. 49ers really kind of ran into some problems. Now, this is Kyle's first time there. You know, We're not saying he's going to win every NFC Championship game, but it's good to have that monkey off your back and the pressure of never getting to a Super Bowl. It's not going to be something Jimmy G has to deal with or Kyle. They, they kind of... Every time Kyle's been in the playoffs, he's been making a Super Bowl as an assistant coach, except for the Redskins that year. Um, pretty crazy when you think about that. That with the Falcons and the 49ers, he's gone on a tear as an offensive play caller, too. Think about what he did with the Falcons, I believe, to the Seahawks and Packers. He was just dialing up strike after strike. That was with the passing game. He was dominating. Kyle is on a different level. So, yeah, 49ers have been in the. Six Super Bowls, they're five of six. Their last appearance, obviously, against the Ravens in 2012. They lost then, um, and then things spiraled out of control. So this will be their seventh Super Bowl appearance. The quest for six, the Patriots and Steelers both have six Super Bowls total. Those teams might be rooting for the Chiefs. Who knows? Those fans, it's, it's funny when things are split, who people root for. 49ers are one-and-a-half-point underdogs early right now. I expect that line to move some. I'm not sure which way. I think the public really likes the Chiefs. Some of my friends who are neutral back home said they're they're going to hammer the Chiefs here. They don't think the 49ers match up well with their defense. But, I mean, come on. How could they not? This is the, a top defense. These are the top two teams this season. Maybe you could argue the Ravens, but really the Chiefs have been there all year, and same with the Niners. Super excited to see this. All right, guys, that's the Striking Gold podcast. I will be on again later this week. We've been doing two a week from KJ, one or two a week from Rob and Cracker, trying to get you four episodes loaded weekly here in Striking Gold. Share this with your friend. Text him the link, a 49ers fan who's just jumping on the bandwagon. I'll probably try and get a guest for the middle of the week or appear on one of our pods. Hopefully you guys have liked that format. I like getting interviewed sometimes instead of just talking solo. Okay, peeps, bluewirepods.com. Share it with your friends. Got some announcements with our seed round coming soon. Big, big news. Big hires coming. Can't wait to keep growing this network. All started because of my 49ers podcast. Can't believe it. Started a business off this thing. All right, we'll talk to you again later this week. Niners in the Super Bowl in Miami against the Chiefs. Unbelievable turnaround. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.